we are now at verse 16 of 1 Peter 4. And I want to ask the question, how do you not feel shame? If the Bible says, don't be ashamed, don't feel shame, how can you turn that off? And secondly, and positively, how do you glorify God? Because those are given as alternatives here in verse 16. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. Don't feel shame, but let him glorify God. So not, not being ashamed, but rather glorifying God. How do you, how can you kill that, that emotion? And what do you do in order to make God look glorious as a Christian when you're suffering? Those are the questions. And and the way to get at it is to answer the first one by noticing a parallel with what he's already said about shame and honor in chapter 2. And then just dig in here to the actual reality of the emotions and see what happens. So, Father, we want power, spiritual power by the Holy Spirit to be done with shame. If we come into a witnessing situation and there's cool people or sophisticated people around us and and we should bear witness to you, grant that we would not feel shame. Instead, Lord, show us what it is to glorify you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yet, if anyone does suffer, so don't don't suffer, verse 15, don't suffer as a murderer, thief, evildoer, meddler. Yet, if anyone does suffer as a Christian, pause right there, that word Christian is only used three times in the New Testament. The other two places are in Acts, put it up here, Acts, you can look it up if you want, 11, 26, where it says Christians were, uh, disciples were called Christians for the first time in Antioch, and in Acts 26, 28, where the Roman governor says to Paul, so quickly you think you're going to make me a Christian. Now, what's interesting here, wouldn't you agree, if you say, wonder I wonder how that word was used in the first century when they began to be called Christians. Who, who made up the word? Well, wouldn't you agree that since immediately it says, let him not be ashamed, that probably the word Christian was derogatory? That's what most people think, and I think that's probably right. If anyone suffers as a Christian, a Christ guy one of those Christ people who are always talking about Christ, you can just turn it into a slur pretty easily. Let him not be ashamed. And if that's true, in our 21st century day when the word Christian is becoming increasingly derogatory, we should not feel like, oh, isn't that too bad that such a nice name has been ruined? Well, 
it wasn't a nice name probably at the beginning, and maybe it won't be a nice name at the end. Next, let him not be ashamed. And that's the question I raised about, okay, you're telling me not to be ashamed. How can I turn off that emotion? And I referenced chapter 2. Here is Peter's remedy for shame. What is it? It stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and earlier he said, rejected by men. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. I'm leaving out a few verses here and getting to the issue. Will not be put to shame. Why? You are a chosen race. Even though the world may reject the stone of Jesus and reject your name as Christian, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession, that you may, may proclaim the excellencies of the one who called, called you out of darkness into marvelous light. How many, how many arguments there are there for not feeling ashamed? One, chosen race. Two, royal priesthood. Three, holy nation. Four, people of God's own people of God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness, called you, six, into marvelous light. In other words, what we have to do to get rid of the feeling of shame is to really believe all this. We should take a great deal of our time meditating long enough on chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, possessed and loved people, uh, an excellent, beautiful Savior called by him out of darkness into light until that so raptures us that when we are told, don't be ashamed of being a Christian, we say, duh, of course we're not going to be ashamed. This is the most glorious calling in the world to be called a Christian. That's how you do it. You meditate and pray over your, your rank in Christ and your standing in the universe as a son of God, child of God. Glorify God by that name instead of being ashamed. How do you make God look glorious? How do you show that God is more valuable, so way I'm paraphrasing it, more valuable than human approval. And surely wouldn't the answer be, feel hope in him, feel joy in him, don't let bitterness take over because of overcoming it with hope and joy and for um, return good for evil. Return good for evil. If you, if you feel hope, feel joy, don't let bitterness take over. Return good for evil. People are going to look at you and say, <laughs> and this is number five, what in the world are you hoping in? And so you say, you say out loud your reason 
This is 315. Reason for hope. And the reason for hope is I have a glorious God who loves me and has taken away all my shame and has given me how many? Seven great reasons to be gloriously satisfied in him.